It can't be that bad, oh, 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 it can't be that bad. Shall we toast to our new studio in your beautiful home? Thank you very much. For the first time ever, I texted you, where are we going? Where am I going? And you said, my house. Mm -hmm. Now that I have my own home, that I own this home, I can say... We'll put the address right here for you guys. Yeah, dude. Blinking text right here. Just throw it in your GPS. Good luck getting in because I still got to let you in. I will say your your name's not far on the directory. No, it's not. Baltazar's very high up on there. But it's still very much up to me to let you in through that gate. Does it ring to your cell phone? It does ring to my cell phone. Cool. Nice. Very nice. Anyways, congratulations. Um, Thank you. I told people it was like a gated community. They're just like huge flex, man. I'm just like, I'm just trying to be safe. Um, yeah, I'm just really proud of you. I Thanks, just, yeah. that's really the bottom line here. Mm. I, I'm just, you and Mel deserve, I think, yeah, you guys are great. You do a great job with the podcast in your life, with your family, mm-hmm. with your fiance. You are a great guy. And this is just the beginning of some great things that you have going for you. So congratulations, pal. Truly from the bottom of the heart, both me and Karen and Maddie wish you guys the absolute best. We are very, very proud of you. I... I am so I feel my heart is full is I all I can say. Genuinely mean every every syllable. I having having a great support system like you and like Otis and like my other friends and family who have been so supportive of this big endeavor, this big jump, this next chapter in our lives. It's it's crazy, dude. It's just like they say adulting is hard, which adulting is hard, but like it does pay off when you do it with those that you love and they are there rooting for you and to do it with the love of my life and to do to own oh. this thing together. Yes, with you. Melissa, she's once again she's second a fiance. place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Which, once again we're life partners and as we uh, will be forever. And she's forever gonna be in competition with you. As she should be. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep this happy moment going yes. and talk about a movie called Sinister. Sinister. Uh, so, it is, we are yeah. well into spooky season. Let's shift gears. Let's get all that fucking yucky, yappy shit out. Yeah, we got all the all sentimental right? stuff out the way, and we're here to talk about a scary movie. Who says I can't be fucking real? I know. We've we've heard it all. You guys thought that everything he puts out there is a facade, but no. Obviously, we have like a good amount of episodes where we get a little sappy. We get a little sensitive. Mm-hmm. Look at that sass right mm-hmm. there. Look at that neck making like the Z formation. Speaking of sass, who's mm. the sassiest? Who you for Ethan, sure? Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. I didn't. I did not catch that. I at didn't all. leave that up at all. I didn't. <laughs> no. I didn't help set it up. I just. You know what? We're here. Yes, and we're talking about this movie. Did you see this movie before? I of course not. Okay, <laughs> I, I should stop not. asking you if you've seen these movies. I uh, welcome baddies. Yes, welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of ICBTB podcast, also known as It Can't Be That Bad. My name is Alejandro. My name is Christian, and welcome to the very first episode that is being recorded in our new studio. Yes, Studio X. Is what we'll call it. If that sounds like a porn studio, like there's just going to be a lot of fuck in here. Uh, studio X? I, was that a club? I, studio 54. is maybe 52. Four, four or two? I think four. I don't know, bro. I know Joaquin Phoenix's brother died in the gutters outside. Oh, is that um, No, I think actually it was the Rainbow Room. Okay. The Viper Room. I don't fucking know. Fuck yeah. the 80s. <laughs> um, um, we could talk about movies, not... Actors who died way too young. Um, so what ooh, did you I think? It back. <laughs> I walked it back. Um, incredibly scary. Very scary. Okay. In fact, I didn't know at all. When this movie started, I watched it with my girlfriend, Karen. Shout out, Karen. And my dog, Maddie. Karen loves horror films. For yeah. those of you who are, if this is your first episode, um, 
she loves horror films. I do not. I'm not privy to them at all. Um, but I've been watching a lot more, and I've gotten a lot darker in some senses. Um, <laughs> Just in all aspects. Thanks, Karen. Um, um, you, would you say, how often are you guys watching scary movies? And She would say not at all, but I, I, we watch at least three a month. Okay. And then we watch some pretty scary true crime stuff pretty regularly. So nothing really lighthearted you've been watching lately? Uh, we watch How I Met Your Mother and Friends. Okay, nice, nice way to cleanse the palate. I get my cartoons in. Cool. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, if we're together, we're probably watching something in that um, someone's dead. Nice. I mean, it's just October. Mutilated. And yeah. she's. Oh, this will be in the middle of, you know, March. Oh, then she'll matter. just put on it like a horror matter. movie? Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm glad that you watched this movie. The first time I saw this movie Did was in theaters. Oh, my God. I watched this in theaters and like nothing beats it because with this movie. <laughs> I the wed. The, the sounds, the unconventional sounds that they use to make this extra spooky. It's incredible, dude. It's like part of it. Like, um. I think one of the selling aspects of this film is when it's using the is when it's the snuff films that are being played, right? That he plays to the projector, sure. And using all this like eerie background music that I don't know how they made that in a movie theater with surround sound at night when it came out, dude, was crazy scary. I, that's why I, I would not enjoy that. Did you cover your eyes a lot when you were watching this? Did you cover your ears a lot? I covered my eyes when it would get graphically grossly. Yeah, violent. yeah. Um, but I mean, it was I. I saw plenty of scary things. Yeah, the jump scares get you. They did. Nice. I, I didn't. I don't scream and jump. Mm-hmm. Karen did. I'm just a fact. You just internally take it. I'm just like, oh fuck, <laughs> because my my fear reaction is tense up and get ready, get ready to go. You could punch your screen. I mean, whatever. I mean, that's my that's my fear is like, show up, mm-hmm. right? So, how about we jump into the nitty gritty and then we can do all the fun shit with this horrible, horrible film. And we have one more film to watch, and I'm yeah. not looking forward to it. We'll talk oh about it at God. the end of the episode, but I'm really not looking forward. I'm so to excited it. for it. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> we watched a film called Sinister. It was released in the year 2012, and it is the rating of. Are mm. runtime of one hour and fifty minutes, and it's scary for every single one of them. Every single minute <laughs> is fucking terrifying. Uh, even the fucking credits. Uh, it's rated six point eight out of ten on IMDb. It's got a sixty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Christian, did you see the Google users? No. Would you like to guess the Google users? I only say eighty one percent. Am I close? Too low. Eighty four. 84%. Nice. Wow, I didn't even give you anything or like... I mean, the imme- the lack of immediate reaction, I was like, okay, I'm I'm off, but I'm not too far no, off. Uh, no, no. Uh, here's what I was chuckling at before we started recording. Uh, I'm going to read to you the synopsis here. Synopsis coming at you. Right at you. Um, but um, this sounds like a synopsis of like the new funny sitcom coming out on CBS uh, Wednesdays at 7. Okay. So here we go. <clears throat> True crime writer Elson Oswald is in a slump. He hasn't had a bestseller in more than 10 years and is becoming increasingly desperate for a hit. So when he discovers the existence of a snuff film showing the deaths of a family, he vows to solve the mystery. He moves his family into the own victim's home and gets to work. However, 
When old film footage and other clues hint at the presence of supernatural forces, Elson learns that he's living in a house and it may be fatal. Bah, bah, bah. Okay, he's learning that he's living in like a fucked up house? I didn't, yeah, I mean. Homeboy. New. New? Everybody knew. N- no, everyone in town knew. His yeah. family didn't know. I mean, if somebody got murdered in our small town. Yeah. And then the, the, the house is up for sale. Mm-hmm. And he said he did get it at a great price. Which Duh. sellers are legally? No, maybe not. I don't know what state this is in. In I, California, they have to tell you, but oh, maybe they don't have to. Our all of our homes were built at least fifty years ago, at yeah, the oldest. That's true, but at least I mean it's kind of fucked up that he kept this from his own family. His wife looked him in the eyes. Who would have thought that that wasn't going to come back and be bad? He was definitely playing the part of like really using semantics to his advantage in arguments. He said because his wife asked like. Hey, Ellison, don't tell me that we moved two houses away from a crime scene again. And he said, no, we no, didn't. We didn't move two I houses promise. away from a, ha- from a crime scene. Guess what? We are at the crime scene. You want to go play under the tree? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was directed by Scott Dickerson. Okay. Of um, Doctor Strange. He did the first Doctor Strange. Oh, nice. I was going to do the second one, but they said his script was too scary. Oh. Uh, it had a budget of $3 million. That's low. I thought it would take... I would use more. I mean, I think in 2012, Ethan Hawk wasn't getting as much money as he's getting now. Okay. And also, it's pretty much a one-location shoot. That's true. And there's not a crazy amount of special effects. They were using super actual Super 8 film to film the snuff films. So I bet you most of the budget went to that. Yeah, not a lot at because all. The, because the snuff films are filmed on like a specific Kodak. I, like, I think it's the Kodachrome film, mm-hmm. which went out of vogue you know, a long time ago. To, and so much to the point where Kodak stopped making it. Um, but it is... The same film that Paul Simon wrote a song about. Nice. Um, um, do you want to guess how much money it made? Um, if the budget was $3 million, I'm going to guess that it made like $25 million. Wow. $87.7 million. million. Jeez, I'm bad at this shit. I mean, it did a really good job. Yeah. It, it made a, a buku bucks. It's a Blumhouse film. Exactly. It's very scary. Um, and it's, I mean, it's it killed at South by Southwest. Yeah, it's a... It's so interesting. I just I do want to point out that prior to this, we just read that the director got the idea for the script after having a nightmare from watching The Ring back uh, in two thousand two. I just watched The Ring too, and um, not as good. I don't. I'm, no, of course not. Um, I, I but also here's what fucked me up: watching The Ring too. I couldn't stop but remember Scary Movie. Oh, <laughs> okay. So it kind of Scary Movie either fucked it up for you, depending. Hundred oh, percent. It's like if you see Spaceballs before you see Star Wars. Then you could never see You're Star never Wars gonna the respect, same way. You're never going to respect Star Wars. Okay. Both Karen and I uh, had never seen this movie before. I was surprised Karen hadn't seen it. Or if she had, she'd completely forgotten about it. Because yeah. for the first maybe 20, 30 minutes of it, we're like, where is where in the genre of horror films is it going? Is it yeah. going to be a serial killer? Is it going to be a, a, a poltergeist ghost thing? Is it going to be a goblin leprechaun thing? We didn't know where it was going to go. Um, but pretty early on, we figure out it's going to be a little girl killing a bunch of people. And it kind of was. Yeah. Did you guys not watch the trailer for this prior? You guys just nope. like rented it and just jumped, went straight into jumped it? right into it. Love that. Yeah, read read the synopsis, which was pretty much as vague as the one that I read, mm-hmm. without the Seinfeld beats, and uh, yeah, we just jumped right in. And look how it started. the The opening scene is just the it's the it's the Super Eight film of the four family members hanging from the tree in his backyard. And and I mean, here's what really threw me off is things are moving. Yes. Right? The branch breaks because there's like a saw thing moving it. And mm-hmm. it's like, is it moving on its own? It's very confusing, very scary, very yeah. intense. 
Um, There's uh, no context because it's the literal beginning of the film and it's in slow motion. It's crazy. The the music the, is weird. The branch breaks. This intricate pulley system brings all four family members up and they're all kicking in slow motion, slowly dying. And you're like, what the fuck? And that's the title card. The title sinister pops up in the bottom right of that screen. And then it just throws us in. It's like, I thought this was Winnie the Pooh. It's fucking terrifying. Incredibly terrifying. I was going to look up the name of the snuff films because they because there is what four five There's like four or five of them. Um. So Ellison, the the main guy, moves into this house that the murder was in. Of course, there's only one box left behind by the family in the attic. In the fucking attic. Of and, course, this guy's going to look up in the attic. And he, it also comes with a really nice Super Eight projector, mm-hmm. uh, which that in and of itself would cost upwards of five hundred dollars on eBay. Mm-hmm. Um. So he just ran into a fortune. I mean... <laughs> Got the house at a great time while the market was terrible. What if he didn't watch the films? Would they just be chilling? Yeah. Could they have lived there and he wrote a semi-classic C-list thriller? If he did surface-level uh, investigating and research of the of that murder alone, then yep. he might yeah. be fine and he might have his next hit. Well, he had this weird idea because it comes up quite a bit. First of all, he's a writer for all the wrong reasons. He's doing true crime because he does want the fame despite what he says. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how acting works. He actually kind of does want the fame. He and for money. sure wants the fame. Um, and so much to the point where even his wife is like, you don't even love me. And he's like, I love being famous. Mm-hmm. He's he he does the Walter White thing of saying I'm doing this for you and the family because we need money. When in essence he's doing it to chase his dream because he had his 15 minutes of fame from having from writing Kentucky Blood, which is a horrible ago. name, right? It was like Kentucky Blood and then like Denver Cold Morning and then yeah. something else. Uh, but fuck my mother. I think that was his third one. Yeah, could you be surprised that one didn't do well? I, he was onto something. All right, so. These Super 8 films, each labeled home movies with different footages of a family being murdered, are called Pool Party 66. Mm-hmm. God damn it. That's the only one that they have right Pool there. Pool Party 66. I think they have like Barbecue 69 so, or 60, uh, 79 nice. Freudian slip. Um, no, but I go. I, don't worry. We'll take care of it later. Um, uh, Pool Party 66 is the one where they tape family members to pool chairs yeah and then they pull them into the pool head first Mm -hmm. where they drown horrible right very uh, i've never seen that before that is a very original way to kill people because i've seen like to give them credit let's let's jump to barbecue 79 i've seen people tied up in movies in cars and the cars were just burnt or exploded or some shit my favorite movie goodfellas has a great car explosion scene that's what happens i love it um, what's the next one? Sleepy time. Sleepy time in eighty something, eighty six or some shit. That's the one where they slit throats. Yeah, they're all tied to the beds, slit throats. There's a chihuahua in one of the beds barking at them. Glad they didn't kill the dog. I so do they? I they turn off the film. I don't care to know. They don't say ever. But here's also what they don't. Or here's what they do say. They what? only ever say that one child is left alive. Yeah. They never say one child, then that chihuahua. <laughs> they never said that. So I think that cold-hearted bitch killed the dog. Fuck her, dude. Yeah. Fuck. Rain, save the, save the raincoat dog. Raincoat girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Raincoat girl was, uh, it was called like lawnmower time or La- some shit. Lawnmower like, girl. Lawn, like lawn oh, party your, or something yeah, like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That was by far... That one I covered my eyes. That's the scariest one. That was the scariest snuff film that he watched. Could, and me and my girlfriend posited this, could a lawnmower kill you? I think if it's at your face. So that's what I said. I said, I think the trauma, I don't think like the lawnmower is cutting your face in half and like hitting your brainstem or nothing. 
How long is she keeping the lawnmower on the face? I, I guess that's a good question. Right? Because he... He reacted. Because if you just run over all of them and then, like, if you do the once and back, you're gonna get some fucked up scratches for sure. But oh. like, let's see. I mean, I'm your pretty whole, sure they died. Your whole face is coming off. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. Does that kill you though? Having your face removed. <laughs> I think the trauma, is the that, loss of blood. Is, so it's the loss of blood that kills you then. I like I said, I it's, wasn't there. It's not the cigars that kills you. It's the, it's the loss of your face. <laughs> yeah. It's not the booze and the smoke. It's the cutting your face off that kills you. It's it has to be. I don't know how good of a lawnmower was this. How old was it? Was it in great working condition? Have they have they greased it recently? You should have just watched the scene. You know what? When I cut my finger and was in the hospital, uh, there was a gentleman next to me who had his finger cut off by a lawnmower. And was it pretty gruesome from what you can tell? Uh, no, I didn't look. Uh, I chose not to. You had to focus on your own shit. I just didn't want to look. <laughs> um, but there is... We're, look, we're not doubting the effectiveness of a lawnmower no. versus face. My question is, getting your face ripped off. If I grab you by your ear, rip your face off. Does that kill you? No. There would be okay. severe then that, effects. And we're good. Then yeah. we're good. Answer. Okay. Case closed. Okay. I don't know what your point is here, pal. I'm just asking. <laughs> that family died. And you should <laughs> pay your respects. Did. No, fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. Um, uh, and then... Um, after there, that, it was... There's uh, one in the 90s. Because they're the 2000s one. There's one pretty much every 10 years. Oh, the people that got hung. Yeah, that so was the most recent one. The most recent one at that house. And so I think that this plot is so it's unlike anything I've heard before because the way he connects the dots and like the pacing of how he does uncover yeah. uh how every murder is connected, it's it's impeccable. So he does the research of this true crime novel and we're watching him figure it out as we go and we're figuring out how the crimes and all them connect as well. Mhm. But what this movie also does is they bring in Deputy So-and-so. Yeah. Uh, who is just there to have Ethan Hawke explain himself. He's the comic relief, too. And I thoroughly enjoyed his performance. He is acting up a storm. Mm-hmm. The first time we see him, the sheriff, uh, Deputy So-and-so, and another another officer, they show up to the house just so the sheriff could say, like, hey, we don't like you. We don't like your books. We don't want your kind. Your kind is not allowed here. We're you... all illiterate. <laughs> I don't know where this place is. I don't know if it's the Deep South, but sure, probably. It could be the Deep South. It could also be like Northeast, mm. Maine, you know what I mean? Con- Connecticut area. Yeah. Is that in the Northeast? Uh, no clue. You're asking the wrong guy. Maybe Washington sure. also. I'll take that. Um. Yeah, but... no, they don't say. No, and I think so they could like fabricate this place, this location, right? Yes. Um, but they show up. Wait, maybe they do say because they have specific points of where all the other houses are. St. Louis, Sacramento. They chose very specific places. Yeah. When I and they gave like addresses like 1452 J Street, Sacramento, 93289. When I was watching this, um, I was watching it with Melissa. And when we found out that Barbecue 79 was in Sacramento, it was like Billington, Sacramento. And like it gave the address. I was like, look it up. Look it up on your GPS right now. She was like, fuck no, I'm not going to do that. I'm like... <laughs> What the hell? Like, what if it's in an actual existing address? Uh, and where there was a murder. Yeah. Imagine being the family that was like, okay, it's Friday night. I want to watch a horror movie. movie. Yeah. And then that <laughs> that actual address comes up and it's just like, well, fuck. I'd sue Blumhouse. 
<laughs> for using my address. You got to pay me for that shit. Yeah. Sure. Now people are going to like the house that was the first Jason Voorhees house. Yeah. Everybody goes and takes pictures there. People live there. They're so, trying to raise kids there. You know what I mean? And so people these, are taking pictures with knives and fucking shit. All these so fans of here. Sinister are just going to this house in Sacramento. Like jerking off on the tree and shit. If that's what you do after watching a horror movie, then you should probably go to the doctor instead. Let's talk about Sinister. Yes, let's do that. This move, okay. Let's talk about like the monster, sinister. Oh, Mister. Mister. I wasn't trying to be a dick and be like, let's get back to business <laughs> here, because I realized that's how it came up. Mister Boogie is what they great name. Or Boogle, who is this? Boogie. Who we later on uh, a pagan god, also known as the Eater of Children. Which, thank God, Vincent D'Onofrio was there to tell us that. Who's Vincent D'Onofrio? He was the... <laughs> oh, the fucking professor. Yeah, he also plays Kingpin in the Daredevil series. That's who that he's is. He's in Full Metal Jacket. Not... And... Oh! <gasps> he's... Oh, he's that guy. Yeah. Great actor. He's oh an incredible actor. Yeah, they really underutilized him here. It was hard to tell him uh, to tell that that was him through Skype. And also, like, he didn't get out of bed to do this movie? No, not at all. They were just like, hey, you can't come to the studio, so we're just going to utilize you in this fashion. This was 2012. He was like, you're going util- to utilize me in this fashion. I'm not getting up. Who's Jessica? His assistant or his mistress? I think it's his TA, which we know what that means. Yeah, we know. Um... um so he explains who Blagool is. Mm-hmm. Also, Blagool's symbol is fucking awesome. It looks like the next iteration of when the Sith dies. You know, like how there's like a I symbol. was thinking, and you might like this, World of Warcraft. I could see that. I mean, I don't... Oh, is that not uh, I never, your, played, not I never played World of Warcraft, I just so assumed. I can't really do that. But it didn't... They, he said it's not a pentagram. Um, it's, it shows up on the hood of the car. It shows up on the wall during sleepy time. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, that's for sure going to be some like pagan demonic symbol or some shit like that. It looks dope as fuck. It's pretty cool. That's pretty metal. Yeah. <laughs> you get, uh, I like the symbol. <laughs> you would put that. I like Blagool, honestly. Blagool, I, I told like you Blagool. earlier, let's, he let's looks like Sting from WWF. Population. He, a lot of people were like, um, were, were ragging on him saying that he wasn't scary enough. He was very scary. I don't like the name Mr. Boogie. Yeah. Makes yeah. me think he's a like a dancing happy feet penguin. But it makes sense that these kids that he possesses when they draw would call him Mr. Boogie. So you say he looks like Sting. Yeah. And you're completely right. But did you see what his original I what the original idea was for him? No, what was it? He was supposed to look like Willy Wonka. Where did you see this original idea? Online? Uh, Scott Dickerson, when he first wrote this, he wanted it to be like a man who lures children away creepily, like Willy Wonka. With like a big top hat and everything? But then once he started like writing it out, he's like, people are going to think this is silly. Yeah. So he turned it into a very scary Clown demon. thing. Yeah. With no mouth. Somewhere between Heath Ledger's Joker and Sting. Yeah, I could see that. And uh, Jack-O-Lantern. Mm-hmm. Uh, very fitting for this time of year. Uh, he, The first time we see him is when he pops up in the pool during... Uh, the pool party stuff. Yeah, so he's like in the background of pictures and shit all the time, which it also looks kind of like just a smudge. Mm-hmm. Very, very, like for Ethan Hawke to have this uh, ability on his MacBook to zoom in on a Super 8 film. So oh, that's uh, the most unbelievable thing about this whole paranormal film. I agree. Is that he uses a projector, a mm-hmm. Super 8 projector. From that projector, he gets a small handheld camcorder and records the Super 8 film's projection. From that, he plugs that camera into his computer, in which he plays it frame by frame by frame, stops on a frame, hits Control-P, and prints (laughs) a perfectly clear shot. He learned how to edit Super 8 film in the matter of seconds. Oh, he like he's clearing it up. 
He's making it look better and like all from one article that is titled "How to Edit Super Super Eight Film." He also destroys one of the one of the films because he leaves the projector on and it burns right through the film. Does that happen often, or do I only that, see that in movies? No, that's a thing that if you would have just leave the light on, it can burn. Film is very very fragile. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, it's fuck, made from nitrite, dude. and that's. That's why in World War One they stopped making films in Europe because they had to give all the nitrate to the guns, and that's why all the films came from America. That's why everyone loves American films. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so he fucks that whole film up, and he should have given them to the cops. Well, we see that moment right there, which probably appears in so many horror films where it's like, all right, do are we going to end the movie here? Which or we're going to sure. end it in thirty minutes when everyone else is dead? Sure, yes, but he watches these films. Over and over and over and Becoming an alcoholic as time goes by. He watches these films more than he watches his children. Really, dude? At one point, his children are weird. They're not allowed in his office, which is a great rule. Great rule. Lock the office, but every time, obviously, in horror movie fashion, the office is somehow unlocked and the projector is playing these snuff films on its own. Um, But uh, his children are sweet. Uh, Trevor, the older son, gets night terrors. Very scary. The first time we see him suffering from a night terror, he pops out of a box exorcist style, screaming. That's, I guess that's not Mr. Boogie because he's taking control of the daughter. No, that's just his son having night terrors. I think that's, that's completely horrible. I think that was just made for the, uh, for the jump scare. Effect, I don't right? like it. I did not like it either. I was like, okay, if Ethan Hawke, if you're going to move out of this place, leave your son there. Do you as well. leave him in the box? Yeah. Well, because then later on, He's like stabbing <laughs> at boxes. Dude, I was so yeah, so So it, later on in the film when he's freaking out, he's hearing shit. He goes to the attic and he has a knife with him. He's stabbing boxes and I even turned to Karen and I said, "Wasn't his son in a box?" What a horrible father. What if he stabbed his son? Yeah, exactly. He didn't learn from this time. He was like, "Oh fuck. Since I got spooked last time, let me open this one with a knife." I'm not going to I'm not going to my son's not going to scare me twice. Yes. Do you have any experience with night terrors? Have you ever had any? Have you ever been around somebody who's had them? No, I mean, I have. I know people that sleepwalk, and you're not supposed to wake them up. But I've never been around to wake them up. When I was a camp counselor, there was a there was a kid. I mean, I I was in a cabin with twelve or 10, 12 year old boys, which is maybe hell on earth. Yeah, and there's two rooms with four bunk beds in that room and two bunk beds in this room and i'm sleeping in one of the bunk beds with the two twins who are literally like the twins out of peter pan's gang nice halfway through the night one of the kids starts screaming at the top of his lungs no no get away from me get away from me get away from me Mm -hmm. and i look over i'm freaking out and i'm like what's happening here and he's screaming and screaming and screaming i don't know if the other kids heard and they're just hiding under their blankets i don't know what the fuck to do i'm getting scared then he wakes up and just like oh Oh, man, did I do it again? Fuck, casually. And then his twin brother now wakes up, and he goes, oh, what, was he having one of his night terrors? And I go, he has night terrors? And he's like, yeah, he gets them all the time, actually. I was like, why wouldn't your parents tell me that? That should be preface. This is a one-week-long sleepaway camp. Mm-hmm. That's this vital information. This is Monday night. Because all the kids in the cabin should be warned. The counselor we should be warned. Scared. I was scared shitless. Yeah. I, I didn't even know night terrors were a thing. Dude. I had to Google it the next day. <laughs> I don't blame Ethan Hawke now. I didn't know what... It, I'd never heard or experienced anything like that. Yeah. Scared the shit out of me. That's scary, dude. You should be able to be prepped. I mean, it seems like so... It looks like Ethan Hawke's wife is is trying to blame the new... Because apparently he hasn't had night terrors in a while, right? Yes. 
and she's trying to blame the stress of moving. On I don't know if it's stress related, but like sure, okay. But he's also drawing pictures of the hanging family at school. Remember, he gets in trouble on the for whiteboard. That? But I don't think so. I think what was happening in the script is that we're being led to believe that Trevor is going to be the one that's like gonna get possessed because he's the more scary child as opposed to like uh the other daughter the daughter is like so sweet just drawing pictures and just wanting to go back to her friends and family and she's sweet she makes dad coffee and brings it to him and whatnot i don't trust her but i yep like i said in a horror movie fashion they're just trying to like distract us because slowly and slowly we start learning that she's friends with stephanie man when we start first seeing the dead kids Actually, the dead kids' paint on their face made me laugh. Yeah, the first time I saw it... That Mo- seemed a little like Fright Festy kind of paint. Exactly. Melissa was like, Fright Fest. I was like, yeah, right. Okay, makes sense that they only used $3 million on the budget because yeah. this is just foundation. They and didn't paint. pay for it. And, yeah, they didn't do it on makeup. Although the makeup artist did... I mean, however, all the blood and the effects were really good. Yeah, and like the the actual gruesome yeah, brutalities. Yeah. yeah, but the kids' makeup. Yeah, not too terrible at all. They could the kids could have been scarier. Mister Boogie could have been scarier, but the jump scares that they were utilized in, they were executed so well, man. Like every so time, well, man. Because <laughs> that sounds sexy. That was nice. Thank you. Um, I mean, they do. I do like at one point when the whole gang of kids shows up, and they do. They're like one step away from doing that Scooby Doo gag, yeah. where you see a hallway and they go in one door and come out another, and yeah. then Ethan Hawke comes out one door, and like they're just constantly missing each other. They are one hair away from that gag. One hair away from being a British comedy. <laughs> oh yes, it's. But the first time the the kid appeared from like behind Ethan uh-huh. Hawke's shoulder in the kitchen, I was like, oh fuck. And then like it's not too scary after that. You just see a bunch of like they're obviously dead children, and they just. Or it was also creepy when the daughter was sleeping. Oh, and the paint that she does right next to the bed. The painting, what she painted right next to the bed was the hanging family once again. And it pans over more to the right. And you see a dead child looking at her and doing, you know, shushing her. And that's their whole thing. Um, At that point, I was like, oh, fuck. And then the next day, uh, deputy so-and-so comes over. And says, like, yo, like, you haven't talked to your wife about the fact that you're living where the crime scene is? And he's like, no, I haven't done it. And he's he's not going to find out. He's actually more like, actually, that's between me and my wife, sir. Yeah. he's like, So mind your own business. Really defensive. Yeah. And it's like, Ethan, you got to know you're kind of on the wrong side now. Ethan is just so prideful. Ellison Oswald. Yes. Which the last name they got from Patton Oswald. Really? Yeah, that's a fact. Why? The scriptwriter was just like, or the director was just a big fan? Friends, I guess. So, Ellison is so prideful in being a true a true crime writer, author, that he does not want to admit the fact that supernatural shit is happening. Yeah. Right? He's just like, in all honesty, I think something's wrong with this house. And then deputy so-and-so is just like, no shit. And he asks, like, he asks the deputy, like, do you believe in all that stuff? You don't, right? And Deputy's like, oh, I believe in all of it, man. That's why I wouldn't live here. Yeah, he's being such like uh, oblivious, not an asshole, but he's being oblivious by saying like, you know, I would never spend one night here because if I spent one night here, like a bunch of like horrible shit would happen. And he notices that Ethan Hawke is stressed, sleeping on the couch with a bat and like really paranoid the entire time. This is what you get, man. It serves him right. Yeah. I, I have no sympathy for Ethan Hawke. I don't think his wife and his son deserve to die. Um, but if Blagool takes that as his tool to just whittle away at the population of this earth, yeah. I say, do your job. 
Bagul. Did you think? What did you think was gonna happen? Kill when more he, children is what I think. You think he didn't get enough children? Just you don't need that one. Six isn't six is not enough. Is it ever? I don't know about dead kids. Let's, let's cap it at that. We're talking about demons helping the Earth cull mm. its population. If we're talking about in the general scope of demons, like general doing scope. their fucking uh, their their fucking thing, then I say six is low. <laughs> yeah, oh, you gotta up those numbers, Bugul. If, if Bugul Bugul is not the only eater of children in terms of like the whole like pay, there there has to be an entire roster of other children, children eaters. eating monsters. Yeah, yeah. I mean La Llorona. And he's just trying to, yeah, exactly. She's he, got a higher kill count. She just killed her own quota. dog. He has a quota. He has a quota. And you know what? I, normally, I'm against quotas, especially for the police force. Yeah. But uh, Blagool, you those it. are rookie numbers, Blagool. Yeah, man. I could kill six kids in a weekend. Can you imagine? Like yeah. his boss, like sitting him down. Satan. Satan being like Blagool. All right, Blagool. Time for your yearly review. So, ever since 1966, you've only gotten six children. And you have to go, like, what are you, walking from Sacramento to St. Louis? Super 8 film. You can only walk through Super 8 tell, film. Tell me more about the Super 8 film Do you thing. realize they made digital cameras now? So, I, I don't, where did I hear this? I, I also don't know why Satan is Osama Bin Laden, but that's uh, how we're doing it. Uh, I'm fine with that. Uh, I don't know where I heard this, but did I hear you were keeping the film alive no matter if they burn it or they destroy it? It comes back in the box in the attic. Yes, is that what you're doing, Blagul? Also, Super 8 film, very expensive. I It comes out of my budget yeah, to replace Kod this. Kodak does not make Kodachrome film anymore, This is Blagul. really, really tough for Can me. Can we do maybe like a GoPro? We could make you walk through a Sony. Could you do like uh, postcards? Something like that. Pictures. Postcards are, are very scary right now. But the fact that you are trying to be very niche and very artsy it's with your the, Super 8 film. It's the Kodachrome film. It's, it's the Kodachrome. so expensive. You're fine they, with that? They don't make it anymore. All right. It's very flammable and we're in hell. All right. Bugul. It's also very difficult. Bugul, we're going to have to send you back to heaven. We'll have to, if you're not the person, <laughs> yeah, if you don't, good. if you keep fucking it up after Sinister uh, 2, you know, we'll send you back to heaven. And we, we don't have a script for Sinister 3. Yeah. So you're going. Yeah. You're fucking going, man. Bugul, yeah, it does seem super beta now. Yeah, leave your horns at the gate. <laughs> okay, yeah. We can drop the character now. <laughs> it's, that was fun. Okay, let's break down what some of the scariest parts for you were. Um, the murders of the families. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's just the incredible graphicness of watching a family be drowned. I know. Or burned. Or chopped. Did you... Or slit. Or hung. Did you... What were you thinking? When there was like when a missing child in every single film. I didn't even clock the missing child until they like really spelled it out for me. So you weren't even suspicious of the possibility that it might be the missing child, the other member of the family, killing the rest of the family? I thought... I So they make it pretty clear in the beginning that Stephanie is a little girl in the last family that went missing after the murders. Yeah. I thought Stephanie was going to be a ghost or a goblin thing, or I thought it was going to be one of those things. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until way later on when... They really make the point of like, no, a child's missing in every murder. Yeah. That's when I realized I was like, oh, he's making a gang of kids. Yeah. Which is also maybe the worst gang. What is he, fucking Oliver Twist? <laughs> he just, he only wants kids. And he needs to, this is he, what's making. He is evil Willy Wonka, though, by the way. Sinister and Willy Wonka are very, very similar. Sinister, Willy Wonka, or Sinister is like Babadook as well, for thinking like. Uh, Babadook. Yeah, eat, eater of children. What did Babadook do? Babadook didn't eat children. He just hated Australian people. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's New Zealand. Did you think it was Bugul killing the family and then stealing the kids afterwards? Because the twist is that's what I was getting at. The twist in this movie was finding out that the kids Are were doing, killing. Yeah. Them, right. 
I, and I, filming them. I assumed it was a Blagool inhibiting, inhabiting, taking possession of these children's bodies, mm-hmm. which for, for all intents and purposes is what what's happening. Yeah. Right. Did you know it was going to be Stephanie or not Stephanie? I'm sorry. The daughter that was going to be the killer. Did you think oh, it was after, be Trevor? After she, after she started becoming friends with Stephanie. That was a creepy that, part. That pretty much I was like, oh, she's going to be, she's going to. When she drew, like, and I remember watching this in the theaters and being like, oh, she's drawing on the walls. That's going to pop up later. Like, there's going to be some, like, weird demonic drawings on the walls, and she's going to get blamed for it. Boom. She did draw that drawing of Stephanie on the tire swing in the hallway. Almost gets in trouble for it. No, she's, I'm, no, that's right. There's no repercussions for those children. And that's the problem with society. Children don't have repercussions. No, not at all. Let's go back to, I remember back in the Philippines, all these children would get, they would get spanked. So let's bring that back. I'm kidding. Can we, no, can we just, everybody take note of what he just said? <laughs> I'm kidding. Comedy, dude. I was spanked you as a child. from the Philippines, and I, that's a fact. Not from the Philippines. I've never even stepped foot on the soil of my motherland. Okay, well, when we go to Manila... Oh, we're going to go? We're going to do a lot. Guys, you heard it here first. Live ICBTB show in Manila. I really just want to see where George Foreman fought Muhammad Ali. Oh, Thrill in Manila, the whole yeah. fucking thing? Yeah. We could go there. Is it even a thing or is it just like a park now? Do you? I mean... I have no clue. I, it's like I an apartment building. I have no idea. I don't expect you to. I know. I didn't think you would. Manila is apparently just like a big big city life. If you were, if you were to go to Manila, it's just like yeah, crazy city life. Yeah, it's going to San Francisco. But just like a, yeah, a bunch of Filipinos. And Everyone's of, sweaty and it's hot. I was afraid that you guys wouldn't enjoy it. Like, cause I know that Karen I didn't enjoy it. watches a lot of horror films. So yeah. I always have to preface. I'm like, I don't know if it's as scary as I remember, but she's an aficionado, but I'm glad that it scared you guys. Oh, it, I mean, look, we've been watching, we watched the house on haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched the Dahmer series. We've watched, you know, no, Hocus Pocus two. This is scary out of all I'm of them. I'm pretty sure this is scarier than Hocus Pocus two, just by a little bit. Nothing scarier than fucking, Sarah Jessica Parker trying to look young. This is what twenty two years after it was made, right? I think it was straight up twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> and not to distract too much, but we'll get back to Sinister. Was Hocus Pocus originally a made for TV movie? I don't. I don't know. remember it ever being in theaters. I I've never seen it. Remember, I told you that I've never seen either, and I get a lot of flack for it. Karen's gonna be upset. Of the four snuff films. Which one was your favorite? My favorite. What would you do to your family? <laughs> I would, you know, uh, snap out of it. Yeah, I do pool party. You do pool party? I don't know that. That one, I just that's pool, the easiest one. Pool party is just I've never seen anything like it. I was while watching that, I was wondering like, oh fuck! So like after they pulled them into the pool, because those are real actors that I see. That's some Blackwater like CIA torture shit. They had to have like people on set just immediately go in the pool and pull them out because. They were legitimately tied up. I'm just, I was thinking about the behind the scenes. Like, how was that made? How, how did they do it? Right. I, I, I assume they were wearing goggles with nose yeah. plugs <laughs> and they held their breath. <laughs> I think it's that simple. I think that's the trick with Super 8 films. I think they that- only had $3 million. Mm-hmm. And I think they had to, they, and I also think there was a mattress at the bottom of the pool, so they didn't hit oh, their so head. Oh, so they're comfy. Yeah. Well, if you fell in, you'd hit your head. You're that right, would you're hurt. Right. With the with the uh, pool chair. Think about the insurance on this film. I know, I know. Well, okay. The other kills. Let's talk about Sleepy Time. Sleepy Time was cool. How it was, uh, not Just it happening. Effective. 
No, because we see the kills happen through his, the reflection on his glasses. And I thought that was like a nice artistic choice. That was nice. That was a very Alfred Hitchcocky sort of way to express how scary something well, is. Well, it was nice being able to see Ethan Hawke's re- like, uh, in-time reactions was it nice? to this. I mean, it, it humanized him a bit for doing such sadistic work for being I, a true crime author. No love for Ethan Hawke in this film. Nothing. Not a No bit. love. He did everything wrong. Yes. He yeah he did. So he thought he was doing something right by burning the film, that probably just pissed off uh, Bagul. No, and also the fumes. And then his wife comes out and is like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "Get the fucking house and pack!" And yeah. it's like, "Bro, everybody's been telling you to not be here." Yeah, he had so many opportunities to like dip out, but when he finally did dip out, if you moved when you moved in, yeah, if the sheriff of Contra Costa County came up and said, "Christian, you should pack up that truck and leave," no. I, I understand him on that. If a sheriff comes up to me and says, even if it is a racially motivated thing, I'd be like, you know what? I he's probably right. I shouldn't live here. He is right, but think put your shoe put yourself in the shoes of Ellison. Ah, where fuck that those is shoes. your passion. Where you are chasing what was your fifteen minutes of fame ten years ago, right? Hey, believe me, I'll be doing that pretty soon here. But uh <laughs> look, I just I don't He's willing to sacrifice a bunch of morals and values so that he could put out one more thing for his quote unquote legacy, right? He obviously cares about his work a tad bit. His work is competing with the love of his children. It's not even the work, it's the desire to be famous yeah yeah oh he's definitely i mean there's that whole scene of him watching he keeps his old interviews and so with that it's already that obvious weird. he's reminiscing Ooh, about his... have that in common how do you, what do you they mean? keep tapes of the past oh you think that was like intentional i was yeah because at one point he does put the interview away yeah. and he has a whole drawer of tapes all labeled interesting similarly to how blagul had labeled it i guess in a way Blagul is the father of those children, much like Ethan Hawke is the father of his Well, he basically is, in a way, adopting these children. You know what? That, again, Blagul, adopting children. He's Blagul, Saving the world. Not the best worker in, uh, Look, out of the pagan roster. If you do good things, even as an asshole, it's still good things. Uh, we should. My best person on set goes Blagul. to... Mr. Boogie. Mr. Boogie himself, man. <laughs> Bury the lead, but yeah, man, I believe it. He's killing it. He, you know what? I don't like his meth. I, you know what? what? We're the classic Trump voter. I don't like his <laughs> methods, but I like his results. I don't like the way he does it, but I like the end result. <laughs> Blagool. Make America Blagool again. Well, how come he doesn't have a mouth? The, the, the scariest moment. He has a mouth-ish. It's kind of, it was like there, but it was like so shut. <laughs> kind of-ish. It would be so scary when he would. He lost those privileges. He would leave. So we saw him on a projector. There's he a has scene. to have a mouth. He eats the children. Ah, he sorry, does. but what were you gonna say? So there's a scene where Ethan Hawke goes into the attic, and it's all of the kids there, all of the uh, dead kids, sitting watching this projection screen of Mister Boogie, and they turn to Ethan Hawke. They all tell him to shush, obviously, which is incredibly rude. So so rude, yeah. Like I mean, I guess they're watching a movie. Uh, Mister Boogie leaves the projection, like leaves that where he is. And it pops out in front of the screen. That was very scary. That made me fucking scream. I remember that in theaters. And they do it one last time At the before the credits. Um, again, steals me up. <laughs> Incredibly scary. Very scary. I'll see it in my night when I close my eyes. But 
Did I scream out loud? No. No, you held it in. No, just shit my pants silently. <laughs> uh, babe, I gotta go to the bathroom. Hi, I'm going to my parents' house. <laughs> I'm not sleeping here. You could sleep here by yourself. I'm gonna go on a walk. <laughs> I'm not gonna go on a walk because Mr. Boogie might be out there. He doesn't want. He doesn't want me. Oh, that's right. He does. You're not a child. There was one big kid. Yeah. Right. Like all the kids were all little, but there was one big kid. He had a growth like, spurt earlier like, than that's everyone else. A, the producer's nephew or something. Yeah. And it's like when they made it, they were all the same height, but he hit his growth spurt in the summer of 2011. It was the boy that killed everyone in their sleep. Sleepy time boy. Yes. And he's even wearing clothes that look like they're too small for him. Yeah. It's like. No wonder mm. you killed your parents. They only gave you hand-me-downs. I have a new pair of pajamas waiting at home for me right now. Mm, Skeleton mi- pajamas. Mr. And I match my girlfriend and my dog. Oh, you're saying this? You're actually, you actually have that? I'm not even joking. Nice, dude. Um, I need matching pajamas. We should get matching pajamas. We should get matching everything. I don't I don't agree with that. What do you rate this film? I rate this film, I'm gonna give it a solid four point five yeah. out of five. I, I give it a four because it's very scary, but I think that's its intention, so yeah, that gives scares. it back its four point five. Before it's we incredibly nerve wracking. Well, the best part is the end. I I forgot like whether or not the family dies or if Ethan Hawke was going to get them out of this. Because they move away from the house. Let's talk about that. We didn't even touch up on that. The house moving factor. So what makes this plot so intricate and so different is the fact that these murders are connected not only because it's Bugul possessing the kids and making them do the murders, but there's like uh, an order of events that needs to occur for the murders to happen. So first the child is exposed to Bugul. Yes, and Bugul can only travel, like we said, through images yeah some sort of medium yeah pictures postcards films so once you play that in your house that creates this portal this pathway for him to travel through and so your child sees blagool mm-hmm. then all this bad shit happens and you move out of that house because you think the house is bad yeah then the new house that you move to you fucking die yep yep then a new family moves into your new house mm-hmm and their child is exposed to Blagool. Mm-hmm. And all the supernatural shit happens. So they move to a new house. Yeah. And then they all fucking die. Yeah. And then a new family moves into that house. Right? Yeah, that's what it is. So, um, and he just added to that. He expedited it. Because if you look at the films, they all have like a, a good amount of years in between the murders. Yeah. I believe the murder that occurred in the house that Ethan Hawke and his family were in, that just occurred that year or the year prior. It was yep. very recent. Um, as opposed to like, let's say barbecue 66 and then like, uh, or like pool party 66 yeah, and, then and then barbecue 79, yep. a 13 year difference or something like that. And even when the deputy, when they quite, haven't quite figured out that it's a supernatural thing yet, even the deputy says, you know, if this is a serial killer, you've just sped up his process. Yeah, exactly. Well, and even before like Ethan Hawke is so prideful, he's trying to keep his research so secretive so that it's. A big surprise when he writes the book finally. Of course. Because when Deputy So-and-So provides him with the addresses that he requests earlier in the film, he's given the address and he's finding the connection of like, oh, fuck, that family you that died used to live in the house prior where the other family died. And so he should, if, he, if Ethan Hawke was smart enough, he would have clocked the he would have clocked that evidence and he would have been able to been like, oh, I shouldn't move. Or move his family into one house and he moves to another one. Oh, really? Just fuck it up. Just divorce. What would happen if they got a divorce? I don't know. I don't know. Does the does Blagool kill whoever has custody? 
or does, or does Blagul do like divorce Christmas where he spends the morning with his pa- with his mom and then the nighttime with his dad? He kills the person that pays less child support. It's generally the mom, dude. That's fucked up. Uh, oh, oof. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he keeps tabs, but like, who's been naughty or nice? We have Blagul's got a few more hours in the review chair in my book. Blagul's just trying to be really artsy, fartsy with his Blagul failed style. Blagul failed out of uh, art institute. Yeah, and it was just like, fine, I'll work for you, Satan. But but you're I'm getting Kodachrome. Do- I'm doing Kodachrome, and I'm doing it my way. I'm doing it my fine. way. Fine, you're lucky that I knew your you're brother. Fine. You're yeah. fine. You're fine. You're okay. lucky me and you. You're lucky your dad's fucking Saint Peter. <laughs> Who is Satan? Is now Russian. Fuck you. No, man, it's not like my accent. Uh, my impersonation. Satan is an amalgamation of every yeah. dictator, every evil dictator that has existed. Yeah, here's his Mussolini. Mm-hmm. Really good, really fast. Um, what do you rate this film? Four or five as well? Four or five. Nice, man. Four or five. That twist was great. We eventually find that... It's AIDS killing everybody. Once we see... <laughs> twist! It's AIDS! That's um, an M. Night Shyamalan twist that we haven't seen yet. It's always like plants or the air or water's killing everybody. It's always like, yeah, this weird message. Just like, fine, save the... Ele- How poignant would that be, though? Right, you're watching fucking some scary M Night Shyamalan movie, and then at the end of it, it's just like AIDS. There's gonna be movie critics out there that are just like, actually, yeah, you're right, AIDS. We should pay more attention to the AIDS. It's just because it's not the '80s anymore. Donate, donate. Yeah, donate, donate, donate right now. Just to anything. <laughs> donate to Taco Bell if you have to. Did a stoner write this? Yeah. What the fuck am I watching, dude? <laughs> and watch Rent. And watch watch Rent because. And uh, Philadelphia. It's really important. Yeah. And, you know. Tom Hanks' first Oscar. And, you know, uh, watch more of Magic Johnson's games. If you, if you're st- and you know what? Also check out fucking Scooby-Doo. It has nothing to do with it, but it's really good. One of my faves. The, the movie. Faves. The movie. Um, I was surprised to see that he was drugged at the very end after. When the film. Is that. Okay. So he drinks from his mug and there's green stuff at the bottom of the mug. Yes. And then Blagool has green shit on his face. Mm. I don't know. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. So he just got busted on or some shit by a ghost. So after that, when he passes out, when we see Blagool there, he has that same kind of green like color on his face. So I don't know if like Blagool spit in the cup or if Blagool jizzed in the cup or what. I don't know. But I I think Blagool's the one who poisoned him. Oh, it could be. So not so. Bugul provided the poison. He, um, his daughter obviously was just a messenger because that's her thing. She always brings daddy coffee. Don't kill the messenger. Um, and but that was such a huge twist to me when the movies, the films popped up again in the new house. In the new house, I did see that coming though because I I thought he was going to destroy the film sooner. I mm. thought that was going to be a more reoccurring theme. I see. And then, like, as they come back, there's another one and another one and another one. Mm-hmm. That's how I would have written this film. Take notes, Scott Dickerson. <laughs> you got it. He's definitely listening to this podcast. <laughs> he, but then what was terrifying is that he wakes up after being drunk. Oh, and then has to watch his family get chopped up into bits. Well, he doesn't have to watch. He's obviously the first one to go. She pops up with an axe, dude. That's she, bigger than her. A huge axe. It is terrifying. And I'm like, no, no. There's a way. Even on my, like, watching this again, I was, like I said, I can't remember if they died, if he wiggled out and got out of the house or something. But once it just, like, cuts from her about to swing the axe 
to a Super 8 film of her popping up to bloodied walls. And her... Just destroyed bloody walls. Do you remember when the, he found the extended... So after he burns the film, he oh, finds the extended fuck. cut. Okay, he finds the Zack Snyder Justice League cut yeah. of all of these films. And it's literally... And then they gave him homework. Yeah. He had to re-splice it back into the Super 8. This guy is so good at editing Super 8. He should have dropped being a true crime author. And, and restored films. He should have been, yes. Which is an actual profession that pays very well. Honestly, the folder that says extended cut, that was maybe the funniest part of the whole film. It was so funny. Unintentionally funny. Like that just conveniently popped down. Like, That's why it's okay. not a five out of five. Because it's because of that envelope of the of the extended cut, everything having how good at he how good he is at editing Super Eight and how fast he was at learning how to do it makes bumps it down by point five. It would have been better if like if one day he lets the film keep rolling, yeah, and then it comes back up like a post credit thing. If they kept it ambiguous, yeah, but to have a literal envelope labeled extended cut. Well, Bagul wanted to make sure. Well, because Bagul is a classically trained film student yeah he's like here you go here you go you obviously know how to edit it figure it out i can't figure out how to splice it back in maybe you can give it a shot (laughs) that's why editors aren't directors he just says i just shoot the films i just kill the people i just possess the kids i make the film Mm -hmm. you make the movie exactly dude yeah bugul's interesting man bugul is very similar to us i would say so i'm like bugul you're ethan hawk and it's like i i bring the stuff, <laughs> and you I, fucking and I make edit it, it work. Yeah, make it make it into some sort of coherent. That's story. the connection here. Yeah, that is the connection. You know what? Here. I've been called worse than Blagool. <laughs> Who is our best person on set? Um, it has to go to Blagool for sure, yeah. hands down. He'll say. And after him, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke did give a pretty stellar performance. I think him yeah. yell getting getting in a fight with his wife was also kind of funny because he, like I said, he plays semantics. He he play he does like sixteen year old boy argument logic. Well, because she's saying like you move us to a place where there's a girl that died here, and he was like, technically she's not dead. No, she's missing. she went missing. Dude, she's dead. She's dead. No, at that time he didn't know. I... He hadn't seen her yet. You're right. You're right. But uh... he should know. Because his daughter looked a lot like Stephanie. It was scary, but when he did put the extended cuts in, it was scary seeing them pop out after having murdered. Because we find out that Stephanie is hopping down from the tree where she cut the branch. She pulls on their legs. And yeah, stuff. we see uh, we see uh, the tall boy from Sleepy Time pop out after he slid all the throats and say the shush. Yeah. Uh, we see whoever pulled all of the family members into the pool afterwards. We see Lawnmower Girl. We see Lawnmower Girl, the most terrifying girl. I mean, like I said, the most terrifying. That was the scariest snuff film to me. I mean, I have my questions. You should have watched it. You shouldn't have closed your eyes. You shouldn't have turned away. You should have just like kept it going. I get it. I understand. Mm-hmm. The lawnmower went over their heads. It popped but up so does fast. That kill you. It popped up so fast. It was so yeah. It, I'm gonna say it's yes. not a farming combine. You know what I mean? Like I said, it could be a. They could have been the newest addition to the lawnmower in that year. You have a house, you have a lawn, we'll buy you a lawnmower. And we'll use your face. Uh... <laughs> Professional podcasters here, guys. Take fucking notes. Um, and then barbecue. Yeah, obviously, all these kids pop up. And at the end, his daughter pops out from bloody hallways after chopping up. Not only, Did you see her drawings? She drew. She made the drawings after she kills them. Because... She chopped the drawings were of them in in their blood. The head was chopped. 
and the they're quartered and yeah limbs the removed. torso was chopped as yeah, well dude. yeah efficient she was at least efficient in the chopping yeah you know a lot of people leave limbs was there really that much blood so she painted the hallways in blood did they provide that much blood three human bodies full of blood you're right i would say yes no questions asked yeah i, should, I mean the one I person stop. that i killed i got a good amount of blood out of him. nice dude. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean at least you uh you, you used everything i do think there is a number that that in not a sick way we could know pretty easily i think it's like four quarts we have As a gallon we have one gallon of blood hallway? no in our bodies oh in our bodies yeah and it depends on our size and all that stuff too. no i think everybody has the same amount of blood really yeah I'm pretty sure every human has the same amount of blood. All right. Listeners, fact check that. Yeah, we have doctors and nurses and shit that listen. They'll tell us. Yeah, they'll tell Otis us. Otis is going to be pissed when he hears this. He's not four quarts. He's just going to turn his Everyone has a different coming. amount depending on their body size. Fat people have more blood. I do. I do. Fat people have See, more blood. See, that's stupid. <laughs> I, that, I think, or that might be accurate. No, I think everybody has the same amount of blood. I don't know. I mean... They uh, have extra in this film. We'll find out when I chop your face up with the lawnmower, dude. Fuck yeah, I can't wait. Um, I've been Alejandro. And I've been Christian. Baddies, before we leave here, once again, enjoy the new studio. It's going to slowly become more and more us. I know it's just white walls right now, and there's just sound panels that you can't see. But it will get more personalized. Watch this on YouTube. Rate and review us wherever you listen or, uh, you know, get Go. this stuff. Yeah. Um, next week, do we want to tell them what we're... <sighs> Gonna surprise them with? No, because what if I change my mind and I don't want to watch it? Sure. Or this will, I mean, I don't know if it's gonna be next week, but whenever we watch it, it'll be the Halloween special, yeah. right? I'm, I'm pretty sure, right? It might be. I think it, I think that lines up. But we're gonna watch The, the Witch. Witch, which is spelled with two V's. It's no, an A24 those, film. Those are actually old U's. Old. Uh, in, in the 1600s. Whoa. U's were written like that. Whoa. And in fact, they didn't have the letter W. They would just put two U's next to each other. And that's where, as English grew older, that mm -hmm. became the letter W. That's why if you look on old courthouses, when mm -hmm. it says court, C-O-U, it looks like a V. Interesting. Yeah. I love that. You're welcome. You're going to love I'm going to hate, hate this. I know I'm going to hate this film. It's going to be the scariest thing I've ever seen. It's going to be worse than Hereditary. It's, I don't know. I just, it's 1600s are scary. Pocahontas is scary. I think it's a, a pretty good Pretty good, like, uh, Salem Witch Trials type of uh, uh, adaptation to film of, like, I don't know if you know anything of what it's about, right? But I mean, know. I watched the, I, that trailer I did watch, and I was very scared. It's it's really good. And it's Anna Taylor-Joy, is that her name, right? I believe so. Um, from Queen's Gambit. Acting up a storm. Doing a great job. Um, yeah, baddies, watch that Ugh. before we drop it. It's definitely worth the watch. I'm pretty sure it's available for streaming on, for free for somewhere on some platform, but we'll we'll uh, jump into that. It's on HBO Max. That's what it is. Yeah, dude. Nice. Call me at call underscore me Jesus. Uh, call me at Christian has asthma. And call ICBTB at ICBTB podcast, podcast. or at our website, ICBTB.com. Baddies, we love you. Thank you very much for rocking with us, and we'll see you next time. I just like you. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. You got to work for his love. Yeah. What can I say? Peace, y'all. Bye. Yeah,